What's up, everyone? Tyler Tambolin here, aka Toe Tag and Tambo. Back for another edition. We're on to week five now. We've got the prize picks, DraftKings show, myself, my main man, JT Hayes. JT, what's happening? It's always awesome to be on here with you. Happy Thursday. Great uh, week. We're looking forward to week five here. It's the time of season now where there's these injuries that start to crop up. And all of a sudden, it's not quite as bad as the NBA, of course, but you've got to be monitoring news right up until around noon on Sunday morning and a bunch of these situations this week as well. And an interesting slate, Tambo, because a lot of the big name quarterbacks are off the slate. Russell Wilson and Matthew Stafford playing on Thursday night, Mahomes and Josh Allen playing on Sunday night, Lamar Jackson going on Monday night. So a lot of decisions to be made. It's not a straightforward slate. And I kind of like it a lot because of that reason combined with the injuries I think there's some edges here that we can find. Yeah, I feel really good about this week early on. Like you said, definitely one you're going to have to pay attention to the news. We'll talk about some of that throughout our plays for the week when we get into it. And just some of the stuff is pending or deciding on a factor of what you have to pay attention to coming down to Sunday morning. But like you said, all the big name quarterbacks, we'll find out when we get to the DraftKings section if it is Kyler Murray week because he's the guy that's priced up to the top that feels like the easiest play, if not going to a one certain game, which I'll definitely have that conversation with you when we get there. But before we get into it, just want to remind everyone what the show's about, right? We've got the prize pick section up front. It's going to be myself and JT Hayes both picking our two favorite plays of the week over on prize picks. I'll let JT tell you about that in a minute, what they've got going on. After that, we're going to get into DraftKings. We're going to talk position by position. We're going to do two or three of our favorite plays each at those positions, and we'll incorporate some strategy, stacks, things like that that can hopefully help you guys out and win some money this week over there on DraftKings. But JTAs, talk to the people a little bit about what Prize Picks has going on, and then we'll hop right into the picks from there. Yeah, first of all, if you're not a member already, if you don't have a Prize Picks account, go ahead and sign up. Use code MMN just like the Mayo Media Network, and you'll get a $100 deposit match there. And then take advantage of the contest that the Mayo Media Network is sponsoring. You make five picks. Your wager has to be $7.11. There are shows all throughout the week. You'll get four here tonight. And you make those five picks. There are significant prizes at the end of the season for the winner of the contest, $3,000 in a prize picks site credit. And then even if you play all 17 weeks and you're really bad at this, despite all of the fantastic information that we're giving you and other information out there, there is even a bonus for the person that finishes absolutely dead last. So very interesting contest there. There are also weekly bonuses if you get five out of five correct. Pricepix.com. Use code MMN for that $100 deposit match. And then it's free to play the rest of the season this contest because it's just $7 and 11 cents every week yeah i love that contest funny like you said almost the strategy to it if you want to just suck and make really bad picks there's some game theory involved you can come in dead last but i prefer personally to go after the three thousand dollars in site credits up top so i'm with you there i love that we've got some picks this week but i gotta start the elephant in the room it was supposed to be kyle pitts week and you guys know from watching the show, if you've watched it each week, that man, I'm really trying to make this happen. I even teased it last week, forgetting that it was a London game in saying that remember last season with Will Fuller when everyone wanted to make him happen. And then finally in week five, he blew up. I said, it's going to be week five. Sure enough, we get the news this afternoon. Ridley's not going to be playing. Gage was already out. There's just the land of opportunity in abundance for Mr. Kyle Pitts. And it's just not going to happen because it's a morning game. Uh, I actually did bet on prize picks i got the over with them i don't 
want to brag, but it was an over 41 and a half. They pulled it off the board, though, before we could get to this show. So I'm going to come with two different picks for you so you guys will be all set up for the weekend. And it's same as always, JT. I'll be honest, feel so good about one. The second one, a little bit unsure, but I do like it. I'm always a little uneasy on the second one. We'll start with the good, though. I do like the Damian Williams over 58 and a half rush yards. This is obviously unfortunate situation for that team with Montgomery going down. But you got a good spot here this week, I think, against the Raiders. Uh, he came in last week, went 6.9 yards per carry, 8 for 55 on the ground with a touchdown. So I really do like him to match up the spot. And then don't forget with Fields coming in, it could be one of those situations, and we'll talk in reverse to this later, sort of the opposite my feelings on the Trey Lance situation if he gets to go. But I think with Fields, first start, just got the job. Yes, they're going to want to unleash him here and there, and he'll make a few mistakes. But I also think they're going to try and keep him out of trouble, try and ease him in. And why not go through a guy like Damian Williams, who we know can have some upside here. So I think he makes a lot of sense here. And the over 58 and a half, I feel pretty good about. Are you in the same boat as me as far as feeling really good about one and unsure on the other? Or how, where are you at with your picks this week? I feel pretty good. I'm riding a little bit of a streak here. I, I got uh, one out of two two weeks ago, and the one that didn't hit – was due to the Jarvis Landry injury. And then last week I hit the Taylor Heineke over 242 and a half passing yards against the Falcons, as well as the under on Saquon Barkley's rushing yards. Of course, just like we talked about, he did a lot of damage through the air in a game that the Giants surprisingly won against the Saints. But this week, these two seem pretty easy to me. I do feel really good about them. I'll start with my first one. And it's Joe Burrow in a game, a home game against the Green Bay Packers. Packers defense is middle of the road and has been a little bit worse on the road so far this season. This total has gone up. The Vegas points total over under has gone up three points since the opening of the week. The Cincinnati Bengals are a home dog. And it looks like Joe Mixon is going to miss again. But that's okay because Joe Burrow has an outstanding group of pass catchers. T. Higgins may uh, be back this week. We'll see what happens. But even if he's not, you've got Jamar Chase, you've got Tyler Boyd, and then C.J. Uzoma, who just went absolutely nuts in last week's Thursday night game. So I like the under here, with, or excuse me, the over here on Joe Burrow, 265 and a half yards in this game against the Green Bay Packers. And then the second one, that I have that I like quite a bit is in that same game. Devontae Adams having a bit of a down game last week in the game against the Steelers, a bit slow. The total was obviously lower there, but at 88 and a half yards, I don't think this is a week where you're going to see Randall Cobb get all the targets. I think it flips back in the other direction and Devontae Adams is poised to have a big game here. So going to take two overs this week in a game that I think is a little bit sneaky, at least so far on Thursday, it's a little bit sneaky, depending on what happens throughout the rest of the weekend. Where, where do you stand on that? And where do you stand on your risky second play that, uh, that you like to go to? Yeah, we're certainly aligned here. When we get to the DraftKings picks later on, I'll definitely be interested in some of the conversation you had there, almost the dad joke of the Joe Burrow-ver that you're playing over there. But I do like that call. I like the other side of it. I'll talk about it, like I said, when we get to the DraftKings side. But uh, the riskier play, like I said, I don't think he's this risky, and I'll explain why. But my second pick, we're always aligned on the overs. We just cheer for fun. That's why. We, we want the overs. But Odell Beckham Jr., over 59 and a half receiving yards. And here's the thing. So, 
I think some will be scared off this. If you go look at the tape from last week or if you look at the stats, the numbers, the box scores, doesn't look that ideal. Uh, if you see the video, all the conversation around the chemistry not being there, he should have had at least two touchdowns by the looks of everything I saw on video. Wide open, threw it at his legs, got a perfect route in the end zone there, back route, and then went over top of him completely. Uh, this isn't a touchdown prop, but I just think that yardage alone from those, just the situations of teaming up, will make it that much better. So I'm on it again. I think... Uh, a little bit of the news came out with Burrow, or sorry, with Baker about the surgery that he doesn't need, but the injury that he has, so should be okay. And I think that could scare people away as well. But I do like it. Uh, and then going in that game, a little bit more up tempo against the Chargers. Herbert's a guy I kind of like this week too. So when you think about correlation, one that people don't talk about enough because on certain slates, on certain sports, you're you're looking at in football where it's you have to play just one quarterback. But when you play college football. Why do people always put two quarterbacks, one in the super flex? It's because that's the best correlation. So if you think um, Herbert's going to have a big week, I think you could look at Baker, but I'm really going to just use a piece of Baker's extension in Odell Beckham Jr. And I like the over 59 and a half. Any thoughts extra there on Odell? Yeah, I watched actually a piece of that game because I had Justin Jefferson in my main lineup last week and I was hoping he would get a, another trip to the end zone. But it looked like on one of those plays that was a misconnection for a touchdown, he was clearly held. It's a penalty that wasn't called. And you're right. This news is going to take people, I think, completely off of maybe the Browns as a whole. But keep in mind that potentially torn labrum is not in the throwing shoulder. So I think it's one of those injuries where you could shoot him up with a little bit of cortisone or something else and get right back out there. And I do think you're right. I think that Beckham is going to be his number one target. And that yardage total looks a little bit too low in a game that uh, that seems interesting with as good as the Browns have been so far to start the season. Yeah, I, I think that's what makes it for me. And I also think Baker, you, you've watched him. You know he's a little bit fiery. When people are saying he can't or when people are saying, oh, but you don't have chemistry with Odell, I feel like he could want to prove to them. You want to see chemistry? Bang, here's a shot. And next thing you go, not the shot he got before the game you just talked about, but the shot down the, the field to Odell Beckham Jr. to hit our yardage prop on prize picks. So love it. Get on over to prize picks like JT talked about. Use the code. Get the bonuses. Get signed up. Free money. It's always good. And then you can go use it, play in the contest, and take advantage of these picks every week while watching the show. So let's move on. Let's go to DraftKings. As, like, as I mentioned, like always, we go position by position. We're going to incorporate some stacks as we go through. Some things will just naturally come together, like your Burrow-Adams call in prize picks. I think that makes perfect sense. And I'm going to flip it because sometimes I've got the information beforehand. I knew you were picking the Burrow prop today, but I want to talk about him anyway. I still like it. It's just such a good game environment. I'll flip it, though, to talk the other side. Everything you mentioned about Burrow, to me, lines up. We'll see about the Higgin news we mentioned at the top of the show. You will have to pay attention. Follow the news. Follow the trail. If he's out, it's just that much better for a guy like Boyd and a guy like uh, using Jamar Chase as well. CJ Ozoma at tight end, if that's your thing. I personally feel like it was a career game for him, but, uh, you know, that we might never see again, I mean. But at the same time, you could go back there definitely, and especially if Higgins is out. But I'll go to the other side. I do still like the game environment in general. I like Aaron Rodgers. Easier to stack up. And I'll tell you this, JT, I watched the game last week. I did not have Cobb. I wish I did because it cost me a King of the Beach ticket. I went with Lazard, and they chose to use Lazard. I think they're going to stick with this to just block, just block all day long, and that's why I kept being Cobb, the comfortability. If you think back now, hindsight's 2020. you go back, he wouldn't even come back to play for the team, 
if Cobb didn't show up. So they went and gave up some stuff, got him Randall Cobb, and back he came. And sure enough, I should have thought of that. But listen, going back to it, I think you can still do that. I know Adams is going to be a popular pick this week. I think Burrow is going to have some ownership. Quarterback, it's always spread out. So you don't need to worry about that too much. But one thing you can do when Adams has the ownership is sort of stack it with the lesser owned guys around him. So if Aaron Rodgers is going to be lower owned than Burrow, that's a way to go there. I think Tunyon could have a big week. I'll talk about him later on when we get to the picks there, but he still had the targets. So I think this makes sense where you could still stack up the Green Bay side, even go back to Cobb. If you feel like that connection is just going to continue on, hey, it worked for Tom Brady and Gronk before the injury. And that's a good segue to my second pick because clearly my first one is Burrow, but I'm on it with Rodgers as well. My second pick, though, is Tom Brady. And I know we may talk about Fournette later, but I do think that's interesting this week. Fournette is really cheap on DraftKings for the role. We'll talk about that when we get to the running back position. But I think one way you could leverage it this week is by playing Tom Brady at the quarterback position uh, at home against the Dolphins. Leverage on Fournette, like I talked about, can stack up Miami as well on the other side. You've got uh, Fuller went to IR, so it's Waddle, it's Parker, and it's Mike Gusecki. And I think if you're using just one of those guys across with Brady, you know who to stack him with, Evans. You could stack him with Brown, Godwin. If you want to go to the tight ends, you can, but I prefer those three receivers and then maybe even use them with Fournette. I think that's something that will go overlooked as well. Almost in the same way, I just mentioned it with Devontae Adams, he'll have the ownership but how can you get on top of that and get unique? Use more, st- overstack him. That's a way to do it. And it's the same thing with Fournette. Don't worry about you have to pivot to the pass game. He's been using, they've been using him in the passing game. So don't be scared to put Fournette into your Brady stacks. What do you got this week at, over at quarterback? Yeah, so Joe Burrow is one where we're aligned. I like the prize picks over. I like his price on DraftKings at just 6.1 in this matchup. Already talked about the fact that the total's rising and it's a close uh, game environment, but I'll go right to the second one, which I think is going to be a very low-owned quarterback. We were talking a couple of weeks ago about the hot start of the Las Vegas Raiders and when is the dud going to come? When is the letdown game going to come? And it came on Monday night at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. The Raiders in a game that the score is probably even closer than it looked. But Derek Carr is right back at 6.1K on DraftKings. They welcome the Chicago Bears into town with Justin Fields, a rookie quarterback, making his uh, second or third start here. You mentioned they have lost David Montgomery. A scary defensive line, but the secondary has been harmed by injuries so far this season. And Derek Carr, before that Monday game against Los Angeles, three straight games to open the season of 25 or more, DraftKings points. He's been slinging it heavily so far this season. I like Derek Carr at 6-1 in a very low-owned play here against the Chicago Bears in a game that I also think there are some pieces here just based on pricing that are very interesting. It's also a great bounce-back week for Darren Waller. Not going to mention him when I get to the tight end picks, but I do think that uh, he and another one of these uh, higher-priced tight ends this week are in really, really good spots. So I'm going to go with Derek Carr as a second quarterback. And I don't hate it. And it goes with sort of, again, how can you do it? If, if Williams is going to be popular on the other side, why don't you stack it up, say that he does some damage, and then Carr and the, the guy's got to come back with him. You can use Renfro, Ruggs, Waller to your point. So we'll, we'll wait for that. We'll get to him. We get to the tight end. But definitely like that call. I think it makes a lot of sense. 
Let's move on to running back. I don't feel as comfortable with this spot this week as I do my quarterbacks. I love the wide receivers that go with them and the guys that I'll be talking about. But uh, one guy I want to talk about off the top. So Damian Williams, the obvious. I'll get to him in a second and go through some more. But Dalvin Cook. I want to talk about this one because I think it's a little scary in the sense that obviously they could, they say they're going to run them out there no matter what. They're just, they don't care. Seems odd to me this season with the longer season and everything they've got going on that these coaches just don't seem to worry about their star players and say, if they're good to go and they say they can go, we'll roll them out. And that's what they're doing with Dalvin Cook here. I know that you could look at Madison as sort of an alternate option there on the same team, but their game plan, their MO is running the ball. And if you look at it, like I said, it looks like they're going to play them. Um, other than that, I just think the matchup is strong at home. It's the Lions, 49-point total. The Vikings are nine-point favorites. Maybe late in the game, they you know he does the damage already and Madison comes in, but he was extremely low-owned last week. It didn't pan out. I think he'll have the same low ownership this week with everyone paying up for Henry. There's already going to be conversation around Christian McCaffrey with the news today that he, he could play here. He was in full practice pads, so if he's in, he's underpriced at 8700 don't hate him as a play. Just saying, I think Cook is just going to go overlooked again. And if he's going with that total, with the spot they're in, the matchup and the spread, I think it just makes a lot of sense to risk it, at least in some of your lineups. The second guy I talked about earlier already is Damian Williams. So I have to have a backup ready. And this is a spot where I've got no problem taking my L. Okay. Last week on this very show, I said, hey, it's a Sunday night football play, but I kind of like going with Damian Harris. And so I'm going to go off from Damian Williams for a second talk about Damian week and bring up Damian Harris here. Like I said, this is the thing. He didn't do well last week. He ran for negative four yards, as a matter of fact. But he did run as many times as Aguilar, Bolden, J.J. Taylor, and Mac Jones combined. And that's because they ran one time each, and he ran four. So not an ideal spot. Like I said, I'll take my L. But I do think this is a little bit different. Uh, Bolden, Taylor, clearly check down types, right? Filling in for sort of the James White role. This is, again, back to the key piece here for me. Keep an eye on the news. Ramondre Stevenson was a healthy scratch last week, which is surprising, but it just goes to the be-all, end-all statement that everybody that follows preseason decides someone is all of a sudden the best play in the regular season. That's not always the case. It's a different strategy altogether. That's great. They love to have that in their arsenal if they need him, but it sounds like they're okay with it, and Damian Harris should get another opportunity here, so I will keep an eye on it. I think it's a good matchup against Houston. I think it could make a lot of sense. And it really pairs well later when we get to the defense. Spoiler alert, going with the Pats at big money. But don't forget the Bills did not let us down and these other guys that we were on these past couple weeks. So, JT, talk to me about those plays and then your guys at running back you got this week. Yeah, I think Harris is is certainly interesting against a defense that uh, – Obviously, really doesn't stop much, but they are going to play slow. It's going to be a slower paced game, and Harris's price is very, very cheap. So I like that. The, the Dalvin Cook play is interesting because all things being equal, if there weren't all of these concerns surrounding him, he'd probably be close to 30% owned this week against a Detroit Lions defense. It's one of the worst in the NFL so far this season against the rush. So I think both those plays have merit. They're definitely risky. And I'll start with, I mean, talk about a game that I'm actually really, really happy is not on the slate. I'm glad that the Falcons and the Jets are playing in London because I've now for a couple of weeks said I can't believe the Falcons, this offense, they're giving Cordero Patterson all these touches. And what does he do? He goes out and he gets three touchdowns in a game that you saw, you know, Calvin Ridley didn't do a whole lot. Uh, Kyle Pitts didn't do a whole lot. 
it was Cordero Patterson and Zacchaeus who got the touchdowns. And this week, the team that they played, the Washington Redskins, they're going to host the New Orleans Saints. And we all know that the New Orleans Saints' big bag is Alvin Kamara. He's 8.6 on DraftKings. He got absolutely vultured last week. It was painful to watch if you had Alvin Kamara. I ended up on, on some other pieces elsewhere at running back. But Taysom Hill getting into the box two times to take away his touchdown equity there. He did rush for 120 yards against the Giants. Look, Taysom Hill isn't going to get two touchdowns every week. This is a Washington team that plays up in pace and so far this season has been giving up just a ton of points on the ground through the air. We saw that Cordell Patterson gashed this team. Alvin Kamara is a much, much better player than Cordell Patterson. The key is you have to hope, just like you hope the Cook gets on the field, that Sean Payton makes him the featured playmaker here. So Alvin Kamara... One of my guys this week at running back at 8-6. And then you've mentioned him already, Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette, 20 rushes and five targets in the passing game with three catches last week against New England. This Miami team may be the worst in all of football against the rush. And it looks so far, things could change in a moment, knowing Bruce Arians, but it does look so far that Leonard Fournette is getting an opportunity to be that bell cow type of running back here in Tampa Bay. And he, if he gets even close to the 23 touches he got last week, he'll easily pay off the 5.2 price tag on DraftKings. So I like those two plays at running back this week. Yeah. I really like the Fournette call in the sense, like I said, of just thinking about it, how people go about things usually is they see a guy like that. They say, he's just, oh, he's just too high owned. It's Bruce Arians. It's hard to pick through it. What's he going to do this week? Tom Brady's so hard to predict. There's all these options around him, yet you can literally just stack him with Fournette and one of his options because it's hard to stack up Brady, Evans, and Godwin or, you know, with Brown and Evans. You can afford it, and there's ways to get there, but it never feels quite safe enough because he has to go off for basically four touchdowns, and they need to be the two each or something or the bonus in one and something else that goes with it. So plenty of ways to stack it up, but I think definitely make sure you get Fournette into some of your Brady stacks. Go to the wide receiver position. Mine will be quick because we talked about a lot of these guys already, but uh, Beckham talked about it already, mentioned everything through there. I, I have to stand with it. I guess the big thing for me is not just to double down and make it easy because he's in my prize picks, but when we talked about him in prize picks, a lot of the conversation was really more relevant to DraftKings in the sense that I still think he's going to get his yardage, but the stuff about Baker really going after and finding him on prize picks the nice part is once he hits him on that first 60 yard touchdown that I'm manifesting by speaking it out loud, we're good for prize picks for DraftKings, We want a whole lot more. And that's what I'm talking about here. Like I said, if Baker just gets fiery about it and says, look, I'm going to show you guys, we've got chemistry. It's not a problem. Watch this. I don't think people are going to go there. Like I said, I also like that you can stack up that Chargers side very easily with Herbert and his guys, whether it's Allen going to the you know tight end, using Eckler in with it, whatever you want to do over there run it back with Jess Beckham and you don't need to worry about Baker having a ceiling game or anything like that. You can just take all the points that Beckham brings you, or you can even get some mini stacks going like an Eckler across from Beckham and just run that secondary stack. So I do think that can make some sense. And then I talked about it. You, you mentioned Fournette. I've mentioned Brady, all these guys, man. Like at one point I was thinking about going under on one of these guys, maybe Godwin on prize picks. I think he was 63 and a half. And I kind of like that under because he's the guy that's been getting the least amount of targets. Uh, last week when Brown came back, Antonio Brown picked up 11 targets. Evans has basically had like 9, 11, 9 or something in that realm over the last three. So it's tough. Gronk is still doubtful after missing that game in New England. So expect that to stay the same. 
Like I said, many are on Fournette. I get that. That makes sense. You can even utilize them in these stacks. But I just think they're all target monsters. So mixing and matching these guys with Brady, adding in Fournette and just leaving it there, I think could be a good way to go about it here this week. So not not a great number of guys here at wide receiver that I'm going to talk about right now. But what do you got over at wide receiver as of now? Yeah, so I'm going to go with a couple of what looks like, at least at this point in the week, some off-the-board plays. We talked about Dalvin Cook's injury. I'm a little bit more concerned about it than, than maybe I should be. Maybe that changes. Uh, I guess if news comes out that Cook is going to play and we believe he's going to get his full run, then maybe I'm a little bit less optimistic on this play at wide receiver. But I think Adam Thielen is too cheap this week at just 6.6K on DraftKings. 17 targets in his last two games. You know, last season, it was Thielen for a couple of big games. Then it was Justin Jefferson who would break out. And Thielen's coming off a couple of okay games, but hasn't had that monster breakout game yet. And here against the Detroit Lions, that could certainly happen. I'm looking for a bounce back from this entire Minnesota offense after they only put up seven points against the Cleveland Browns last week. And the cheapest piece that I'm falling in love with as the week goes on is Adam Thielen here at 66 I think if there's going to be a popular play from this Minnesota offense, it's probably going to be Justin Jefferson. So I like that a lot from that perspective as well. And then, you know, Tambo, either we're gluttons for punishment when I'm about to say with what I'm about to say, or we're going to be right finally, because we have seen DJ Moore just smash, right? He has absolutely smashed. Now, last week I was off him because I expected the Trayvon Diggs coverage to Keep him down a little bit. It certainly did. Diggs got the two interceptions, and then he went out with a back injury, and all of a sudden, DJ Moore is back breaking the slate. Now, though, he gets a great matchup again against the Philadelphia Eagles, but he's 7,500. He got 12 targets last week. Robbie Anderson is 5,000 on DraftKings. He got 11 targets last week after they kept talking about, hey, we've got to get him involved. We've got to get Robbie involved. All of this could change if Christian McCaffrey is healthy, because then I'm thinking, do I really want more than that piece of this offense? But if it looks like McCaffrey's going to miss, if it looks like he's going to be limited with his snap count in some way, Robbie Anderson at 5K against this Philadelphia Eagles defense with the 11 targets he got last week, including a couple around the line of scrimmage, I like that play a lot. It's low on, it's risky. It could change completely, like I say, by Sunday. But I think Thielen and Anderson are two guys who's Prices are too cheap for the expected volume that we should see. I can get behind Thielen. I can get really behind Robbie Anderson. I, I think this one makes a lot of sense here. Actually, you know, just thinking about it because we were everything. This is the thing about daily fantasy. And we talked it all up last week. We went through it, made all these reasons, made the narratives, used the quotes in the media, everything that we could possibly bring into this. And now it just makes even more sense. And did if everyone remembers last week, Tyreek Hill just blew the top off this team, just crushed them completely. And I'm not saying Robbie Anderson is Tyreek Hill, but what he's known for is still being pretty fast, being able to get open, get downfield. Man, the Darnolds look pretty good. I know he's running in touchdowns and whatnot, but th- listen to this. Even if CMC gets ruled in, I think it's almost like when I was making my case for Dalvin Cook. I think at 8,700, he'll be very popular by the time we get to the show. We may as well plug it now. Sunday mornings, Run Pure Sports, over on YouTube, free show, off the chalk, myself, AP, 
JTAs. We do the show every Sunday morning, first thing, bright and early, grab your coffee. But it's a great show because we have all the details then. We have the ownership projections, and it really does tie together. It's a great show if you watch this one because clearly you're listening to the two of us. Now you can tie together where we landed at at the end of the week. And some of these thoughts we're having right now, especially when it comes to game theory, come into play and are really more on the table at that point. And my thought there, JT, is that at 8,700, if the news comes out Saturday that, that CMC is good to go, no no holds barred, that's going to be a popular play at 8,700. And that's going to be a great leverage spot to get on a guy like Robbie Anderson, who already makes a ton of sense, even if CMC plays against this Philly team. Any, any extra thoughts there? Yeah, I think people, and, I, and we see it in our Discord, and we have some of the sharpest daily fantasy players that are members of Run Pure Sports. I and mean, we had one of our members actually tell you a little bit about this. Last Sunday night, one of our members split the top prize in the Sunday night showdown Millie Maker for somewhere in the neighborhood of 260000 Monday night, another one of our members splits it for over 300000 And even those guys are frothing at the mouth. They can't wait to play CMC. CMC might be back. Oh, my goodness. They put in our Discord the tweet that CMC put out today, which is, I definitely have a chance to play this week. I think you're absolutely right. And the comparison between Robbie Anderson and Tyreek Hill, obviously Tyreek Hill is probably the best wide receiver in football, and Robbie Anderson is a guy that you play in certain spots. But the reason that Tyreek did so well is because there is a component of skill set that matches with Robbie Anderson, and that's the explosive downfield speed. So I like those calls a lot. I I agree with you. I think Christian McCaffrey will be at least 20% owned, if not much higher than, than that. Uh, based on what we've seen off of early ownership projections. Yeah, and it's become the theme of this show now. I may as well just say it, but just being able to sort of like, I call it stack the stack or overstacking, if you will. But don't be afraid to play those guys all together. Phillies is a team, much like the how I used Miami earlier, where I said it's Waddle, it's Parker, it's Gusecki. Just run one back in that stack. Don't be afraid to play Darnold, CMC, and Robbie Anderson. Darnold's still cheap enough. We just talked about Robbie Anderson's price drop. Don't forget, DJ Moore's popular. He will be because look what he's been doing. Look how good he is. Look what he did last week. Broke the slate. All these factors. I think Robbie Anderson will still be the forgotten man that can make your lineups different, even if you want to play them together with CMC. So I really like that call quite a bit. Love going back to that. But let's move to tight end. I've mentioned Gusecki's name a couple times. Here we go. So we'll go right back to it. Six, 12, six. These are his targets over the last three weeks. Got himself a touchdown last week. It looks like we'll still have Jacoby Brissett in there. Seemed to be forming a nice little bond with Tua out. So I think that can continue this week. And like I said, I don't really love that stack. I wouldn't be using Brissett here. I don't see the upside there. But I do like the idea of bringing him back in my Brady stacks. Or, like I said, if you just want to go with Fournette, to your point earlier, that would be another way. Even if Fournette's popular, how popular is Fournette across from a guy like Gusecki? Probably not that popular using that as a secondary stack. So I think that's another way you could go about it to make that you know sort of combination link up. And then my other guy I mentioned earlier, this was definitely off the board, but Robert Tunyon, uh, a little bit more outgoing with this play, as I mentioned. But um, you know, last week, if you look, just a sad DK score is all you're going to see. Not much there, but I see an opportunity. I see seven targets. I mentioned earlier with MVS going to IR, that's Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They basically had Lazard in, and you thought maybe he could have a chance, but all he was doing was blocking and opening up for guys like Cobb, and Tunyon to at least get the targets. Adams, of course, is there. Like I mentioned, you can use it that in that way where you have Rodgers, Adams, and make it unique by adding Tunyon and then pick your Cincinnati option that you run it back with. If Higgins is out, you can go with Chase 
Uzoma, or Boyd. You can look at options there, or you could go with the running backs if Mixon's out. And you want to try to go to go with it that way. Probably go with Evans myself versus Stamaje P. Ryan, who I'm not really in love with. And if he gets popular, I'll be frothing at the mouth a little bit because that's not an exciting play for me. But who do you got here this week at tight end, JT? I love the Gesicki call. One of the things that we want that's difficult to find at tight end is volume. And Gesicki has certainly gotten that volume, like you said, forming a nice bond with Jacoby Brissett. The one that has stuck out to me that is, I think, risky based on the fact that I expect that we're going to see Trey Lance start for the San Francisco 49ers. But George Kittle, in his return or in his game last week where he actually did suit up, he did see the 11 targets. They didn't connect on many of them. I think he was four for 11. But it looks like he became somewhat of a safety blanket, as well as Debo Samuel. I think the Cardinals will focus pretty heavily on Debo Samuel after that game last week. And and George Kittle at this price point, 5.5 in a 50-plus point total here, where I think San Francisco is going to be playing from behind. I think this is going to be a very difficult game for the San Francisco 49ers starting a rookie quarterback. And George Kittle is someone that I'm pretty interested in simply based on the volume. Already mentioned Gasecki. The third guy I talked about him when I talked about Derek Carr earlier is Darren Waller. A couple of down games after his 19 target performance at home in week two. And what I think here is that it's just a great bounce back spot, again, for the Raiders offense as a whole. Waller is priced up, so we'll have to find some other value plays to get him in. But if you want to pair him with Derek Carr and then take your Damian Williams play from Chicago, I think that's a pretty affordable game stack there. So I I do think there's a couple of interesting plays at tight end where guys are going to get volume this week. So it's an interesting position. And I'll give a bonus wide receiver play. I like your tight end plays, but just because I didn't give much there and I thought about it, you just reminded me. If you're running that car stack, which I do like with Waller, so it's like, you know, it talks about what you just went to. I think you could also use Darnell Mooney. And I know he was popular. Like he, he wasn't popular last week. I shouldn't say that. He did well last week, so it could make for some popularity. But from my experience, it never makes it popular enough where he's going to be some, you know, 10, 15% own value play this week. So I really think he could be some leverage off of the Williams play that I like so much and just go as a different way there. If you want to run it, just pure passing game. I also don't think you need to stack car up double stack. Always. You could run with him and Waller and one guy on the other side, whether it's Williams or Mooney, and then get some of these other value plays in there that make sense. Stack it up, you know, secondary stacks, maybe elsewhere. And then the Kittle call, I really like, uh, it's going to go with my defense, so the opposite of what I'm about to talk about. But I don't hate it because I, and I wouldn't do this, but I'm just saying it's literally the position where even if the defense gets after Lance, like I think they will, I still think the Kittle can get enough targets at that price, get a touchdown, get in the box. It wouldn't kill you, but I wouldn't run them together. I'm just saying the idea of the defense, me picking the defense here against San Francisco doesn't affect your Kittle pick at all. I think he's a great player in lineups where I'm not using Arizona. I can still use Kittle, especially if he's going to be lower owned. I think that's one of the golden rules on DraftKings, especially the onesie position. FanDuel is the same, but it's so touchdown dependent. DraftKings, we talk about it on here. And and the thing about it is you want to have guys like them with the ability to actually score two touchdowns and have bonuses, a bunch of receptions. And if they're going to be low owned, that's the guys you really want to target. And then save the value plays for game stacks or triple stacks or whatever you're doing into the tight end position. That's how I look at it. 
Anyway, Cardinals paying down. If I'm going down this week, it's 2,900 bucks for them. I think Lance starts for Jimmy G. We'll wait on the news, but looks like that'll be the case. But his playing style, man, you're going to have sack opportunity. You're going to have, you know, mistakes being made, things like that. And the one thing I'll point out that I love, you know, when looking at backup quarterbacks or quarterbacks that are coming in for the week, if it's like a third stringer, JT, that's where I've got a problem sometimes when everyone just says, well, we've got to stack the D against them. They're obviously horrible. They're a third stringer. Well, it's not that their team wants to call them horrible, their own quarterback, but they know if their quarterback's that bad and they'll oftentimes build a game plan around their third stringer passing it off or doing different things. So that doesn't always work. In this case, that's not the case. Lance is not some third stringer for them. He's probably the better option if most watch him and say he needs work. He's rough around the edges, but I think they're going to let him sling it a little bit more. I think he's going to have opportunities to make mistakes. And that's why I like the Cardinals against him if paying down. If paying up for me, I'm just going to go all the way. You can mess around. Tampa Bay's in there against Miami. There's other spots, Denver, Pittsburgh versus Pittsburgh. There's all these other spots you could go to. But like I said, I like the Damian Harris call. I think it makes a lot of sense. It would need, basically, I think Damian Harris to be a good play. Patriots have to be winning. The DS to be putting them in the position. Like, it really makes a lot of sense to me. I don't always use that correlation, but I think it makes so much more sense here this week. And at 4,900, it's definitely more than we've ever seen or what we've been looking at this season. But like last week, I had Buffalo in this very take on this spot, on this call to use them because it just made too much sense. And this is basically the same spot. So I think you can go back to them here. You know, go back to this spot. I think you can pay the 4,900 with some of the other value stacks and value plays that we gave you. And don't forget your point off the top, JT. We don't have all those big name quarterbacks on this slate. So you don't need to use your money with the, you know, we don't have a Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey stack where you wonder how the heck would I find $4,900 for a defense? There's a lot of stacks you can use to then pay up instead of going to some cheap wide receiver or tight end that you're unsure of if they'll even get volume. Any thoughts on those? And then who do you got for defense this week to wrap us up? I mean, we are completely aligned and we were aligned when the Patriots were taking on a rookie quarterback with the Jets a few weeks back and we saw them do very well that week. I expect absolutely the same here in this matchup against another rookie quarterback for the Houston Texans. And then this, the other spot, same exact situation, a pretty good defense, at least has been very good so far this season, taking on a rookie quarterback for San Francisco. The difference is Arizona's $2,000 cheaper on DraftKings. Here's where I am thinking of going contrarian. I actually don't mind playing Kittle with the Arizona defense simply because you mentioned it. They have high hopes for Trey Lance. Trey Lance is going to throw the ball around. There are also significant injuries in that backfield. Elijah Mitchell may or may not play this week. They didn't use Trey Sermon nearly the way that we thought they would last week, and maybe that was because they got down early to Seattle. Well, I don't expect anything different here. So those passes between 5 and 10 yards away from the line of scrimmage, those dump-offs, I think they're going to go to someone. And like I said, I think Arizona – We'll watch the tape. I think they'll bracket on Debo Samuel. And so I think Kittle can get to, for his price point, a four, four point, you know, two X value there. And you could still see a great game out of Arizona. Those are the two defenses for now that I'm focusing on. Again, things are going to change. We're going to find out the status of all these injuries by Sunday midday. But I'm completely in lockstep with you right now at the def- at the defense position. 
That's what I love to see. So I feel pretty good about this week, man. I think that's a lot of good picks we had. I think this is going to be our best week yet. I do feel it, like especially as far as the DraftKings stuff goes. Prize picks, you love yours. I've got my one that I love. My second, I always like it or I wouldn't bring it to the table. I'm just saying I get why others may not feel as comfortable with it. Me, I feel great about Odell Beckham this week. I think he makes a lot of sense. So anything else you want to add for this week? Otherwise, let the people know where they can find you. Yeah, at JT Hayes Jr. on Twitter. And then just like you mentioned, Sunday, you got to rub the uh, cobwebs out of your eyes there at 8.45 in the morning is or, or 9 o'clock. We went live at 9 o'clock last week. The Off the Chalk Show, RumPureSports.com. Subscribe to the Run Pure Sports YouTube channel and subscribe to the Mayo Media Network if you haven't already. So you can take advantage of these uh, picks and information that we're giving you pretty much every single day of the week during NFL. Yeah, love it, man. This is one of my favorite shows of the week that I do personally, and I love that we get to reconnect on Sunday to go through it. So definitely head on over to Run Pure Sports. Get yourself a membership there. You don't need a membership for our show on Sunday. So if you just want to check it out, you get our show off the chalk. It's followed up with Big T. He's got Hoop on there, Holden. They do the next show, which is the Morning Wood show. And then after that is our premium show. But the first two are free, so you can definitely check that out on the YouTube channel there. You can find me on Twitter, at Tambo. Hit me up if you got any questions in the meantime. Other than that, thank you and good luck.